Lord only knows where we'd be. I'm glad for grace. Would you open your precious Bible tonight to the book of 1 Samuel? We're just plodding right along. Today happens to be a day of, we're going to just stay in this book, both services. Last Sunday, I only uh, I preached out of another passage, and, and then we uh, slid in. Uh, last Sunday night, Brunswick, Georgia. From here, that's something, isn't it? And uh, this morning we preached out of chapter 27, and I'm not skipping anything, I'm just going chapter to chapter, and we're just taking it as it comes. And uh, preached this morning out of verse 1, really, I read the whole chapter pretty much, but verse 1, and David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. So he thought in his own heart, and he made decisions based on that. Then I want you to notice verse tw- or chapter 28, we kind of switch gears now. Now it's going to slide over. If you've ever been in a theater, you've watched something like that, you see a theme or a scene, and then they'll change scenes and maybe and they'll go back and forth. And now we're back looking at Saul. And uh, let's look at verse 28, or chapter 28, verse 1. And the Bible says that it came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. And Achish said unto David, Know thou assuredly that thou shalt go out with me to battle and thy men. And David said to Achish, Surely thou shalt not know what thy servant can do. And Achish said to David, Therefore will I make thee keeper of mine head forever. Now, that's finishing up what we looked at in chapter 27. Remember when I said this morning, basically Achish looked at David and said, You're going to be my personal bodyguard. But we're going to find out in the next chapter, not this chapter, we're going to find out that God intervenes and stops David from going to war against Israel. But I want you to notice now in verse 3, the Bible says this, Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits And the wizards out of the land. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together and they pitched in Gilboa. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid. And his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divide unto me by the familiar spirit and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath Cut off all those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore, then layest there a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul sware to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, 
What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stopped with his face to the ground, and he bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed for the Philistine. Make war against me, and God is departed from me, and answereth me no more neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee, and is become thine enemy? And the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me. For the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand, and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell straightway all along on the earth, and was sore afraid. Because of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all the day, nor all the night. And the woman came unto Saul, and saw that he was sore troubled, and said unto him, Behold, thy handmaid hath obeyed thy voice, and I have put my life in my hand, and have hearkened unto thy words which thou spakest unto me. Now therefore I pray thee, hearken thou unto me, the voice of thine handmaid, and let me set a morsel of bread before thee, and eat, that thou mayest have strength when thou goest on thy way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, compelled him. And he hearkened unto their voice. So he arose from the earth, and he sat upon the bed. And the woman had a fat calf in the house. And she hasted and killed it, and took flour, and kneaded it, and did bake unleavened bread thereof. And she brought it before Saul, and before his servants, and they did eat. Then they rose up and went away that night. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us as we looked at thy word. I pray you'll teach us tonight. Speak to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You might wonder why I got emotional. (laughs) He had an opportunity when Samuel was alive. Mm -hmm. And it really got bad. He knew who he needed to go to. Can I uh, just make this statement? Lord, help us to end well. I think that ought to be all of our prayer tonight. Lord, help us to end well. I think this should be the prayer of all Christians tonight. Look, good beginnings are no guarantee. Mm-hmm. King Saul is proof of that. This is a sad story. This is a sad ending. If anybody had a great opportunity for doing God's will, it was Saul. <laughs> Yet King Saul ended up consulting a witch... And then here in the next chapter or two, he's going to commit suicide. His sons are going to be laying slain dead in front of him. This was going to be a decisive battle and the Philistines was tired of the small battles. And so they wanted to have a great battle to end all of it. And they were just determined to defeat Saul and Israel for once and for all. So we find here in 1 Samuel chapter 28, the beginning of it, we know the scripture tells us that Saul disguised himself. Now, why did he disguise himself? Well, here's what's interesting. I looked at all of this and the geography of this, and 
He had to walk, he had to go 10 or 12 miles to get to this witch. And here's what's amazing. He had to go right through the enemy's camp. He had to go right by the enemies to get to this witch. So he saw Saul risked his life in disguising himself. And by the way, he was disguising himself. Uh, try not to reveal himself, but the truth is he did reveal himself. There was evil coming out of Saul. Now, here's what's amazing. I'm not trying to be spooky tonight, but Saul told the witch at Endor that he wanted to talk to Samuel. Now, normally, she would have impersonated Samuel. That's normally what would have happened. She would have impersonated. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says she screamed. Why? Because she knew she wasn't going to impersonate him. Samuel showed up. And she was surprised because I'm going to tell you something. She knew she was distressed because she knew she didn't have nothing to do with this. She knew God's doing something. By the way... It was revealed to her that moment when Samuel came up, she realized who she was talking to, the very one that had cast her out. She was afraid of her life. So here's basically what happened. Saul told Samuel how distressed he was, and he told him how he could not hear from God, and he told him how God was not answering him. And basically, I wish I could tell you that Samuel gave him a really good, encouraging message, but he didn't. You know what he said? Here's what he said. He said, I basically, I told you, Saul, that you had an opportunity. I warned you, but you wouldn't listen. I tried to get you to obey the will of God, and you didn't do it, and you rebelled against him. And now here's what he said. Judgment is coming. And then Samuel issued a warning, and we read the warning. Can I just say this morning, by way of introduction, it's very dangerous to rebel against the will of God. The contrast between Saul's beginning and his ending so shows how important it is to obey the will of God every day. So I just want to preach a message, give you a few helpful things I hope that will be helpful that we see, sadly, in Saul's life here in Scripture, a good start but a sad ending. Remember what I said, Lord, help us to end well. I hope that's all of our prayer tonight. Lord, help us end well. Lord, help us end well. A good start is no guarantee for a good finish. I'll never forget, I've heard it many times when I was at Bible college, I heard someone say, hey, it's not how you start. By the way, it does matter how you start, but it's also as important or more important the way you finish. So let me give you a few things that I think is ironic that we can pull out of this passage thinking about a good start but a sad ending. Number one, it started with light, but it ended in darkness. I, I thought about that. In the beginning, Saul was in the light. He was, he was, uh, but at the end, we find here was night. He went at night to go see this witch. We see Saul was anointed king. It was a great new day for Saul. A great beginning. A great start. The whole nation of Israel was excited. They picked this king and he had all of the bright future ahead of him. God was working and Saul anointed king. And God gave Saul everything he needed for success. It was certainly light. But when he turned, but when we turn here to 1 Samuel chapter 28, we see everything but light. We see darkness. It's ending in darkness. He goes to the witch in darkness. When he leaves, it's still night. Can I say, he went to the witch by night. He left the witch by night. And can I say, in the Bible, darkness is a picture of sin. By the way, the Bible says and tells us that Satan is the prince of darkness. He loves the darkness. 
When Saul and two other of his friends left Endor, it was still night. Saul began his kingship in the day, in the light, a bright beginning, a a full day of promise. But yet we find him here in his sad ending. He's ending his kingship in darkness. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because he he rebelled against the will of God. And number two, very simple. He did not heed the warning of instruction that Samuel gave him. And here's what's sad. That's why I got emotional because now he wants it. See, now he wants it. He, he, he said, I, I can't get a hold of the Lord, so I need you to help me. Samuel, Samuel said, I'm sorry. I can't help you now. You know what? Samuel could have helped him earlier. He was to be found. Samuel was alive. Samuel had the touch of God. And yes, he was the voice of God in that day. But we know that he was, he was available, but Saul wasn't interested. So I want you to know it's very important that his kingship started in light, but it ended in darkness. And can I say, when we do not heed the instruction that God gives us, when we rebel against the will of God, it always ends in darkness. Can I say, not only we find it ended, began in light, but it ended in darkness. Can I say, he started out with courage, but he ends his life with fear. I want you to think about this. If you look back, and by the way, we've been studying the life of David, but ever since David killed Goliath, Saul's life and David's life has corresponded. But prior to even David coming to the picture, we know in the beginning of Saul's reign, he was was a great man of courage. You say, Pastor, how do we know he was a great man of courage? Because in the beginning when the Ammonites came and invaded uh, the country, the word of the Lord came into Saul and the people were scared. They were weeping and Saul cut up these oxes and he said, follow me. And he went himself with an army and destroyed the Ammonites. That took courage. Doesn't seem like the same man now. In this present story, we don't see a man of courage. We see a man that's trembling and fearing for his life. By the way, I think it's interesting to note, as I've studied for this message, I think it's, and this is so powerful if we'll get a hold of it. This has been true in my life. This is true in your life. I've noticed it's interesting to note the growing fear in Saul's life. The growing fear, think about it. In 1 Samuel chapter 12, when the kingdom was established at Gilgal, Samuel warned Saul to obey the word of the Lord and to wholeheartedly follow the Lord. But we know early on Saul did that. And he did have courage. We just read about it there, talked about it in Gilgal. In 1 Samuel 15 though, the Bible says that he started to fear people. And then by the time we get to 1 Samuel chapter 28, and before that he started to fear David because he started getting jealous of David and he started to fear David. And now we find him here. He's in fear of the Philistines. You see how his life has continued to grow and to cultivate fear? You know what I've learned from this? This is a great lesson. Courage comes from a clean and pure heart with our maker. Uh, our courage comes from God. Can I say this? And I heard it's not, it's not original with me, but boy, it's so true. If we have the right fear of God, it conquers all other fears. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. 
If we have a pure heart with the Lord, man, I've heard them, I've seen them. I've seen preachers, I've seen missionaries, I've seen other people, man. They're ready to attack hell with a squirt gun. You say, why? Are they cocky? No, they're right with God. See, God gives us courage. And when we're not in the right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't have courage, we have fear, we have unsettledness. We don't know what to do. By the way, I've been there. And if you'd be honest, you've been there. So we understand right here, courage versus fear. What does the Bible say that we should be? We should be bold as a lion. Man, we're giving up so much ground in this world. We're giving up so much ground in society. We're scared to death of everything. And I'm going to tell you right now, when we get scared of everything else, it's because we're not in the right, proper relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, when we witness to people, we ought to expect them to tell us no. We ought not take that personal. I'll tell you what, I, I've been witnessing to people. Man, I just got my feelings hurt. Well, you shouldn't get your feelings hurt. Jesus is the one that died. He's the one being rejected. See, the Bible tells us we're to be bold as a lion. But man, courage versus fear. We see Saul starting out with great courage. Now we see he's scared to death. The fear of God delivers from all the fears. Get a hold of it. That's a great lesson for all of us tonight. By the way, what gave David the courage to stand before the impossible? Some people read that chapter and think, man, I'll tell you what, that little David's a cocky little something. No, he wasn't a cocky little something. I'm going to tell you right now, he knew what God, he was in tune with God. And I'm going to tell you what, he, was, he had more of a fear of God. He had more of a fear of his God's name being blasphemed than he had a fear of the giant. And if you read the passage, man, David didn't play. They were all trying to talk him out of it. By the way, we'd all backed out on that one. Well, I'll tell you right now, all the counsel we got. And by the way, not all counsel's right. I understand that. People are frail. People are human. Sometimes we give the wrong advice. Obviously, Saul will say, no, son, you don't need to go up there. You go get killed. Everybody, his brothers even came and said, hey, look, you don't need to go, David. Let me tell you something. What are you trying to do? You're trying to get a name for yourself. He said, no, is there not a cause? I mean, who in their right mind will go and fight a, a, a champion of a whole country, a whole nation, and you go there with a slingshot. Come on. I'm going to be honest with you. I would have been a little cocky if he'd had a spear and a sword and I'd have came there with my 7 millimeter OA. I could have took him out 200 yards out. But no, 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 you didn't fight like that in Bible days. You got up close and personal. And let me tell you, you know what God said, what the Bible tells us about David. He didn't walk timidly. Bible said he ran. That's like, my goodness, look at that fool. Running to his death. But see, David knew something better. He was in a right relationship with God and he didn't have courage in himself. He had courage in the Lord. And I'm going to tell you all right now, you want to tell you what's wrong with the country today? You want to tell you what's wrong with our churches? That's it right there. We're scared of everybody else. Oh my, Pastor, what do we do? Well, you do the same thing God's told you to do. We're to stand strong. Wherefore, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The, the young has said it today. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. That's what God's told us. Man, it's like we've caved. Oh, dear, right now. Now, I will say this we need to be loving. 
You know, I've, I haven't changed what I've preached, but I've changed how I've preached. So, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, you know, I've learned that there's mamas and daddies, and you know, they might be sitting out here in these pews, and they might have a son or a daughter that's not doing exactly what they would want to them to be doing, but you know what? They love their children, and by the way, you love yours. And I've learned not to be so offensive to people when I preach because, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes that mom or that daddy is out there hurting just as much and they're not for what their son or daughter is doing and yet I need to be an encouraged with them. Oh, we can preach sin right, but we need to be loving while we're doing it. Amen. Yes. I, I will say this, and I know I've failed at this at times, but you know what the greatest compliment I ever got in my whole ministry? Someone told me one day, said, uh, Pastor, we want you to know we've been listening to you preach out of the book of Revelation. I've been listening to somebody else preach out of the book of Revelation. And here's the difference. I didn't see this one coming. He said, but you know what really spoke to my heart? He said, I would have had no problem inviting a visitor to come here, but I would have had a problem inviting a visitor to go there. Oh, I believe we can preach against sin with love. And that's what I'm doing tonight. I want you to know courage versus fear. He started with courage, but because his heart started to waver from God, he started getting afraid of everybody else. He was afraid. He was paranoid of David. He was afraid of the people. And by the way, let me just say this. You're talking about scary. Try pastoring a church. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, I'm going to tell you all right now, if I try to please y'all, I'm going to make somebody else mad. So some people have this idea, I'll tell you right now, no, no, I'm going to tell you all right now, I have an audience of one that I need to please. Just a one. See, that's, if I'm ruled by y'all, I live by fear, I ain't the right kind of pastor. By the way, that's tough. Y'all know why? Because I love all of y'all. But I get it. There's been times, I'm going to confess, there's been times I've been scared of y'all. Yeah. Been scared. What's so-and-so think? Well, I wonder what so And by the way, I think it does matter what people think, but I want to tell y'all something. We need to have the fear of God and the wisdom of God. And God will bless. He takes away all that other fear. Courage. He started with courage. He ended in fear. And what caused David to kill God? It was just him having a pure heart, right heart with the Lord. It motivated him to face the impossible. And now we see Saul, this great, big, strong, muscular man that's ending his life in fear. A good start, a sad ending. Then as I close, it started with wisdom, but it ended with folly. In the beginning, Saul used wisdom. We know that. He listened to the Lord. The very first one we're introduced to Saul, he went out and led 
and obeyed the word of the Lord and defeated the Ammonites. We see it. It was right there in black and white. But the end, he practiced folly. Again, here's what he did. He did what was right in his own eyes. Saul began his rule by listening to the wisdom of God, but he went to Gilgal and listened to Samuel teach about the mighty works of Israel. He listened to the word of God. Samuel told him what to do, and guess what? Saul did it. Initially, he sought the wisdom of the Lord, but but, but gradually, he became a fool. Look, we've got to walk in the wisdom of God, not the foolishness of men. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us. How many of y'all saved tonight? You got the Holy Spirit to help you? We've got to yield to Him. We've got to obey Him. It's a tragedy when a person tries to live his own life, his own way, and his own will. The tragedy for Saul was the Spirit of God had left him. And as a result, here's what Saul did. He acted like a fool. And guess what he did? He blamed others. He did. You read his life. Here's what he did. He first blamed Samuel. Then he blamed his own son. Man, he came down on Jonathan. Man, I mean, he, he ripped Jonathan. Then he blamed David. Then he blamed the people. Here's what's amazing. Saul never did. He never blamed himself. He had no direction from God. So he stooped to folly. Listen, he went to the witch to talk to Samuel. The whole chapter's about it. Here's what's sad. He realized too late. Here's what he realized. He realized how much he needed Samuel. He had ignored Samuel when he was there to help him. When Samuel prayed for him, Saul didn't care. When Samuel had given him direction, Saul didn't listen. Now when he realized how valuable Samuel was, he could no longer talk to him. Y'all know what I thought of? I thought about my grandpa. Man, I just wish one more time. I could walk up 16th Avenue and walk out Fayette Street, climb up them old cement steps, and walk in that den. And my grandpa Leslie always was sitting on the couch. And you know, as a young boy, you didn't have time. You didn't want to really talk to your grandpa. But you know what? Out of respect, I would stop and talk to him. And he'd say, Mark, come here. And I'd go in there and he'd sit down. And I'm telling you, I mean, and I know Kim knows what I'm talking about. Mom, you know what I'm talking about. This was mom's dad. I'll never forget it. He always had books. He always had that old Bible there with that leather cover. And he always had a newspaper. He had periodicals that were recent and current. And he would always, I mean it, he would always read me a newspaper article or a periodical, something out of a current magazine or a newspaper. And listen, it was always bad. It was always bad. I mean, it was never anything good. He always read it bad. But here's what he would always do. He'd always set that newspaper down or he'd set that magazine down. You know what he would pick up? He'd pick this up. He'd say this, and I mean almost word for word. But Mark, let me tell you what God says. I wish just one more time I could sit beside my grandpa and him tell me that. But he's in heaven. Here's my point. 
Appreciate the people when you have them. Appreciate them when you have them. You hear me? Appreciate them when you have them. You're not going to always have them. Samuel wasn't there to pray for him anymore. He wasn't there to give him guidance anymore. I'll never forget, I was sitting in a funeral. I wasn't preaching and I just came there because the man that had died, it was a good friend of mine, it was his uncle. And the man that was preaching the funeral was used to be my former boss when I was at Honaker Lumber. The man's name that died, he was Uncle Tuck. I don't even know his last name. That's all I knew him, Uncle Tuck, because that was what Bert called him. He said, that's my Uncle Tuck. And Uncle Tuck was a big catfisherman boy. I mean, Tuck, Tuck Williams, I think was his last name. And Uncle Tuck went to First Baptist Church all of his life, was a good man. And, of course, I didn't know all of that at the time when I was a teenager. All I knew was Tuck was a good catfisherman. And all I knew about Uncle Tuck, man, he loved frying catfish. And he loved, and if he didn't catch any catfish, they'd go get the fish that was on sale at Kroger and he'd have a fish fry. And one or two times in my life, I got invited to that fish fry. So out of respect for my good friend, I went to the funeral and I'll never forget it. The man that was preaching the funeral had a son that was living in sin. And this son was on drugs. This son had lived a horrible life. This son, his son actually had watched his girlfriend overdose on drugs, actually had given it to him, given it to her. And I'll never forget what this preacher said as he was preaching that family with tears. He said, I want all of you family to know. He said, I told my son the other day when Uncle Tuck died. He said, there's one less man that's praying for you now. That hit me. I've never forgotten those words and I thought in my mind, did that strike that young man? Did that stop that young man? Did that cut the conviction, the heart to that young man and know that there was a godly man that prayed for him every day. He's no longer there. He's in heaven now. This is a sad story because Saul realized now, I guarantee you, when he laid down and had no strength in him, he said, oh, I should have listened. Samuel wasn't there to pray for him anymore. He wasn't there to give him guidance anymore because he had died. Listen to me. Appreciate the people that help you. I want to close with this. No matter how bad it is, there's always hope. (laughs) Woo! No matter how bad it is, there's always hope. Y'all hear me? No matter how bad it is, there's always hope. We have a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh chances. Let us finish well. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to remind you of your past all the time. You know what we need to do? We need to remind him of his future. You know somebody else I miss? I miss a dear man. Had the prettiest white hair. 
Oh, he didn't like to be called this because they didn't believe in that, but he was my pastor growing up. His name was Harry Pilkington. I'll never forget one day I was having a rough day. I mean a rough day and never had done this before in my life and I was going through some real turmoil in my life as a young man. I'll never forget it. My mom and dad gave him a call and man, next thing I know, Mr. and Mrs. Pilkington was at, our, was at my mom and dad's house. And boy, I'll never forget. He just sat there and he listened. He was a real quiet man. And all he did to help me, do you know what he did? He wrote down some verses for me to read. Here's one of them. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above all mine enemies about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my, ma, ma, my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty." I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I wish just one more time, Mr. Pilkington, come over and write that down on a piece of paper. You know what? I got it. I got it. And you know what? I can turn to that passage of Scripture and read and let the God of those verses help me. And at the same time, I can thank God that a man like Harry Pilkington touched my life. And now my concern is I'd like to be another Harry Pilkington to touch other people's lives. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We'll close. Who do you need to send a text to? Who do you need to pick up the phone and call? Who do you need to tell tonight you love them? Put your arm around them. You know, funerals are good and well and flowers are nice, but you know what? People can't enjoy them. The time is now. Man, that hit me. I'm sorry I cried, but man, that hit me. I could feel the desperation of Saul. When he really wanted him, he was already gone. 